Hey, everyone, and thanks for joining me on episode 16 of my Houston Sports Podcast. My name is Jeff Balky. I'm a writer for Houstonia Magazine and the Houston Press. I also talk sports on Houston Public Media's Houston Matters program most Mondays at 12.45 p.m. on KUHF 88.7 FM here in Houston. You can hit me up on Twitter. My handle there is at Jeff Balky. That's B-A-L-K-E. Or you can find me via email at jeffbalke at gmail.com. You can also find an archive of all my podcasts as well as links and notes from each one of these at jeffbalke.com. Today, the Astros are better in 2018 than 2017. Uh, Rockets preseason is underway. And the Texans, well, the Texans are still the Texans. So let's get started with topic number one. That is the Astros are better this year than last. Now, I've actually brought this up on the podcast before because I've written a little bit about it, but I wanted to bring it up again here. Right off the bat, let me just say, I'm not going to touch on the Asuna, the uh, Roberto Osuna uh, charges and how they um, he got through all that in Toronto. I'll deal with that perhaps at a later time. For now, I want to talk about the Astros winning. <clears throat> they reached 100 wins and a second division title in as many years. That was on uh, Tuesday night. After they beat the Orioles and then late in the night, the A's lost. Um, they, this is their second, obviously, in a row division title. And there was a great stat uh, posted by uh, Astros beat reporter Brian McTaggart. Out of the teams that have won, there have only been five teams now, including the Astros, who have won 100 games the season after winning a World Series. And four of those, I think all four of the previous teams returned to the World Series, and two of them won it. So that's obviously bodes quite well for the Astros going forward. But I think what's interesting about this whole thing, because they have, is that there's been a lot of hand wringing over the Astros. Look, I've been one of those people who had some had some concerns. I believe they were going to win the division all along. You know, and right now they actually have a pretty good chance to break the franchise record for wins, which is 102. But look, we've talked a lot about how they struggled at home. We've talked about how their hitting has not been as good this year, just on the whole, consistently. Um, there were career years last year for Altuve, Gonzalez, Marisnik, and others. Um, but I think so much of this has been magnified by the fact that they have had to fight for their division crown this year. The A's were simply uh, much better than anyone expected them to be, and they gave the Astros a run for their money. Look, last year the Astros were up double digits in their division by June, and they never really looked back. Um, They struggled a little bit in August last year, had a really tough August, and they went 10 and 17, but they were so far ahead, they went from 15 games up to like 11 games up. So this is not a team that ran away with the division like they did last year. In fact, there's probably going to be three 100-win teams in the AL alone. Last year, the Astros had the best record in the AL, and it really wasn't terribly close. Um, and the only team that really you know, took the marquee spotlight was the Dodgers. But they were in the National League, and the Astros didn't really have to face them until they got to the World Series. This year, they have a team in the Red Sox, a storied franchise on the East Coast where so much emphasis is placed by the media. You know, they're the best team in baseball in terms of record. So when you look at it, you can kind of understand why maybe fans were a little concerned. But they're AL West champs and have the second best record in baseball again. Um, they have a chance to break the record of 102 wins, which was 1998. The Astros did that. The, the Astros play four more 
at Baltimore, the worst team in baseball. If they win three of those, they're going to set the record. And I think it's something they probably want to do. Alex Bregman has really come to the fore and been quite a beast uh, all season this year. Has gotten a little bit in the talk for MVPs. Probably not quite as deserving as some of the other guys there. But, you know, he's he's been in that conversation. And look, despite all the offensive issues they've had, they're first in run differential in the major leagues by 40 runs. Which is and they're sixty two runs better than they were last season, which is just unbelievable when you think about it. And that and most of that is due to the main reason why they are better this year than last year. Pitching. This is arguably the best staff in baseball. Not the best starters, which that you can argue that as well, but the best staff on the whole. When you look at these guys, you can sit here and say, okay, we have Verlander, Cole. Keichel, and Charlie freaking Morton. Those are their four starters. Those four starters are as good as any four starters in the majors, right? Now, if they're healthy and and Morton comes back and he seems healthy and everything else, they have their starting guys going in. And one of those guys is going to end up in the bullpen. Probably, probably uh, Keichel at this point, although we can't be 100% sure. They've got Lance McCullers coming back, throwing out of the bullpen. He threw last night, looked pretty good. He's gonna He threw out of the bullpen last year. But then you look at their bullpen, and they have an outstanding bullpen. They have a legitimate closer in Roberto Osuna, who's one, now one of the better closers in baseball. They have a long reliever in Colin McHugh. They've got a lefty specialist in Tony Sipp, who's revitalized his entire career here. They have some good pieces in the middle that they wanted. They're obviously testing out. They pitched, pitched Davinsky last night for a couple of innings. You know, they did this sort of piecemeal thing. But they're probably going to bring Josh James out of the bullpen, a guy who can throw 100 miles an hour, you know. And then they're probably going to consider bringing Framber Valdez out of the bullpen as a lefty, another lefty. Look, they're deep and they are tough in that bullpen. And Everyone knows that, you know, we've been kind of maligning the offense, but the truth is this is an explosive offense. It remains an explosive offense. Carlos Correa came in uh, last night, got an RBI, looked better. You know, he got some rest. His back was still not quite right, took some time off. Hopefully he can get back into a little bit of his form before getting into the playoffs. And we saw that last year with guys like Springer had not been very good. He struggled a little bit and then just, you know, exploded. Um, So... If this team can even put together a little bit of the offensive magic they had last year, their their pitching rotation and their bullpen should be more than enough to support them on the way to another World Series. Now, it's not it's not a guarantee they're going to win the World Series again. I mean, they have some good teams in front of them. Look, the A's and Yankees will battle it out for a, for a wild card spot. The Astros are going to face the Indians, who they struggled with last year. It's likely Boston will wind up uh, in the AL, I guess, ALCS. And if they do, then the Astros are going to have to face them, the team with the best record in baseball. There's no gimmies, you know, and then there's some magic, you know, out in the National League with like the Atlanta Braves. And, um, you know, so it, it's, it's a really interesting, it's setting up to be a very interesting postseason. But at this point, there's no reason to count against the Astros, um, and there's no reason to sort of wring our hands. They're, they're back. 
You know, they, they, they could be the best. Justin Verlander, and I, I said it in my story, I said Justin Verlander had said he thinks that the Astros are the best team in Astros history, this team. And he might be right. He might be right. And um, it's an exciting time, you know, for Astros fans because it's back into the postseason. Look, October is coming. Man, and I love October 1st. I don't know if I've said this on this podcast before. It's my favorite day of the year. Hurricane season for Texas is essentially over. We typically typically have a little bit cooler weather by that point, although this year, hmm, not sure. Um, you know, we uh, football season is underway. College football season is underway. Uh, baseball is going into the playoffs. Rockets preseason, which is, we're going to talk about, is is happening. It's a good time of year. And with the Astros going into the playoffs like this, Assuming they can keep their health together and and uh, things go well, I don't see any reason why they can't make it back to the World Series. And if they do, I don't see any reason why they won't win it. Uh, so here's hoping, and we'll move forward. Four more games left, all in Baltimore. Let's see if they can uh, get the best record in uh, Astros history. And if not, let's just see if they can stay healthy and get ready uh, for the postseason. Okay, topic number two, the Rockets' preseason is underway. Well, technically, training camp is underway. Preseason starts, I guess, this next week, their first preseason game. They play in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, And I actually went to uh, Media Day uh, the other day, wrote about it a little bit uh, for the Houston Press. And and one of the things that, you know, there were some things, some storylines that I think we're all going to, that were all kind of brought up. I mean, Carmelo was there. He was... um, he talked about how comfortable he felt with the team and how comfortable they made him feel. And, and the team talked about how he just seemed to fit in really easily, how he can shoot really well. Um, we found out that Brandon Knight uh, is going to miss the preseason. He has an infection in the knee where they, where they did um, an ACL surgery, but they do expect it to be cleared up, and he'll be ready to start the regular season. I mean, not a good way to start, but it is what it is. Uh, the team came into camp in better shape than they did last year. Um, which is great, which means they can start from ground ground zero. And I think one of the things they talked about is how they know what they're going to do. You know, halfway through the year last year, they've talked about how defensively they were sixth for the whole season. But after the sort of halfway point of the season, when they began employing that switching defense like Golden State, they became the third best defensive team in the NBA. They were second in the playoffs. And they think they can be that good or better again this year. They don't think the losses of a reason, Luke Bamute, never mind Jeff Bezdelic, the guy who architected that offense, are going to affect them. These guys feel like they know where they are and they know what they're supposed to do. They're coming into training camp and preseason having a year under their belt where they know what was successful and they know what they can improve on. And that's I don't think that can be underscored you know, or understated, I should say. And, you know, they spend some time in the Bahamas playing together. They seem like they enjoy each other's company. But I think all of that, what it comes down to, is chemistry and culture. And that was really what was front and center. You know, uh, there were a couple of interesting quotes, like Gerald Green, who's now getting his first full season with the team, said, "If you know, if new guys don't get in line, that's what I'm here for. I'll make sure they get in line. Chris Paul, when asked about playing hard on defense, he said, if you think you're going to come to our team and not play defense, Tuck's got another thing coming for you. Talking about P.J. Tucker. Um, you know, when, at, when Carmelo Anthony was pressed about whether or not he would come off the bench, 
He said, whatever I have to do to uh, help this team win a championship, then that's what's going to be done. I know what my role is. They all talked about knowing your role. There was a lot of discussion of knowing your role, knowing that you're on the team, you know. Uh, and James Harden talked about working hard. He said, one thing about this team is when guys aren't working hard, which is rare, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb. And I think, you know, this was an, it was interesting that all of these guys to a person, and a lot of these, these were new players too, like James Ennis was there and, uh, you know, and, and Carmelo, obviously, they're all really on the same page. I mean, these guys are all talking the same language right now. And we are not, you know, we're a couple of days into training camp. You know, uh, media day was on Monday. It's Thursday. Today's their third basic day of training camp. They know what they're supposed to do. Chris Paul and James Harden know what they are supposed to do. They know their roles. And they want everybody else to know those roles as well. The culture of this team, and, and it's interesting. I, I, I feel like it's, it would make a good topic, and maybe I'll, I'll write about it or talk about it on this podcast, but the culture of the Astros, the culture of the Rockets, these are things that we haven't seen really with teams as much in the past. We saw it with the Rockets in the, the championship seasons, right? But that was mainly a culture based on, you know, Rudy T and, and Hakeem Olajuwon. It was like, you know, we're going to fall in line around this. And it was relatively short-lived. It lasted only, you know, a couple of seasons, and you know, they tried to continue capturing that magic with bringing in Barkley and then Pippen and, you know, all those different things. But the truth of the matter is, is that, as a, as a city, we haven't really seen this idea of culture in our, uh, you know, in our franchises, our sports franchises, the way that you see in other long-storied franchises. You know, you go to, you, you see a team like the Patriots, love them or hate them. You know, the San Antonio Spurs, love them or hate them. They have this culture. They know this, when you come in here, this is the way things are going to be. In San Antonio, everything is family. For the Patriots, everything is you perform up until you can and then you're gone. You know, there's that it's accountability. I think for this Rockets team, their culture is all about chemistry. It's all about knowing your role, knowing where you're supposed to be on the floor, knowing who you're supposed to be in the locker room, understanding your place on this team, and not just accepting it and being willing to accept it, but doing it willingly because you know, you know, like happily going along with it because you know it can lead to good things. You know that being on this team with these guys in this situation can lead to good things. And so I think that you can see that is, is infused in everything they talk about. And I'll be honest with you. I think that, uh, I think that Carmelo, I'm not sure whether or not he's going to be perfect in this. Uh, I don't think anybody can argue that, that he was in a bad position in Oklahoma City. He talked about how he came in late and it was just he never felt right. But if they can get from him the things that they need to get from him, namely scoring, um, you know, and passing, and then use the other guys to rotate in and out, rotate Tucker in, and like, you know, D'Antoni's talked about not playing Tucker and Carmelo a lot at the same time. Um, get James Ennis in there to play defense, you know, and spot up for threes. You know, make these... If, if D'Antoni can sort of balance that... They're going to be a really good team. Look, they're going to be a good team again simply because talent-wise, assuming they're, they remain healthy, they're just better. 
And most nights, the Rockets are going to go out on the floor, and the team they face is just not going to be as good as them. There's going to be some need to fight complacency, quite frankly, because there's probably, out of the 30 teams in the NBA, or is it 32? Anyway, out of the teams in the NBA, probably there are 20 teams in the NBA that are just overmatched when it comes to playing the Rockets. They're just not going to be good. And and so they're going to rack up a lot of wins just simply because they're great on offense and they're just more talented than a lot of teams in the NBA. You know, where it's going to come down is how they are able to stretch that out over a full 82-game season and then obviously getting it into the playoffs. So we'll see. Um, Again, preseason begins uh, next week. Uh, Should be really interesting. Preseason basketball is terribly boring, but it should be interesting to see as we get a little closer to uh, the start of the season how this team is sort of pulling it together if they're healthy into the whole. Remember last year, Chris Paul missed the first, he played in the like a first half of, or played in part of the Golden State, the first game. And then after that, he was out like 18 games. So we'll see how it goes this year. All right, let's, let's move on. Um, I guess move on to topic three, which is the Texans. Um, I don't have a lot to say about the Texans in this spot here because I think lots and lots of people have said things about them um, already. I mean, it, look, the Texans, because it's football, are the most talked about uh, you know, team in the city. That's what everybody talks about on sports radio. It dominates conversation. You know, Lance Erline wrote a really, uh, from, from uh, Sports Map, wrote a very good, interesting story today about saying how this is really the Astros city now. And the Texans sort of believe it's their town because it's a football town and blah, blah, blah. But in reality, this is a town that belongs to, to the Houston Astros and, and probably to a certain degree to the Rockets. And they're right. You know, because the Texans have been terrible for a long time, and they're just not getting better. I don't see them winning in Indianapolis this week. You know, now we have a resurgent uh, Andrew Luck playing for them. Um, I think they're just probably a better team than the Texans, and they're going to go to Indy where they have never fared particularly well. Um, I think their next chance is back here Sunday night football against the Cowboys, and the Cowboys are just not very good either. I mean, this is pathetic that we're sitting around here talking about how the Texans' best chance of winning is when they face a really crappy team in a couple of weeks. And then after that, where's the wins going to come from? They're just, you know, there are a lot of people... This is one of those pet peeves I have about talking about schedules, you know, and who has an easy schedule and who has a tough schedule before the football season starts because we don't really know. First of all, we don't know what health is going to happen, you know, what, what... Injuries are going to happen and whose health is going to be good and bad. You know, if a team loses their best player, they're not going to be good, and that's part of the deal. We also just don't know how teams are going to gel. And, you know, like there's been a lot of talk, oh, the Texans have an easy schedule. Well, they're 0-3, man. You know, there's little to no chance of them making the playoffs. They're going to probably go 0-4, you know, when they're done, uh, facing off against the uh, Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. So I just can't, I can't for the life of me figure out why anybody thinks that the Texans have any chance of being good. And to be honest with you, I just can't see how anybody thinks is even paying attention. This is a terrible team. They don't really deserve that much attention from us right now until they're able to address the issues that they are facing inside their own house right now, all the time, coaching and 
injuries. I mean, do they, do they like, is hamstring injuries, are those like a, a plague over there? Anyway, I'm done talking about the Texans. <laughs> I'm going to move on because it's just frustrating for me and for everybody else. So that's the end of it for today. Just a reminder that I will be on Houston Matters on KUHF next Monday, October 1st. Uh, last week I did it on the phone for Media Day. Uh, this week I will be back in studio. Then I'll be back here again next Thursday. You can find me on Twitter at Jeff Balky via email jeffbalky at gmail.com. You can check out my previous episodes and links to the things I discussed here on my blog at jeffbalky.com. I'm going to be writing a story for Culture Map about the 15-year anniversary of the Toyota Center. That will be coming up. More stuff on the Astros on the press. So enjoy it, and I hope everyone has a great week, and I will talk to you next time. <laughs>